Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 105. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com. We're excited to have with us the acclaimed educator and children's book author, Colleen Marie Olinsky. Colleen. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming. And, and, you know, and congratulations. You just, as of August 31st, you just had a, a successful Kickstarter. Uh, and you've had well over 100, was it 146 backers yep. or so, if I remember correctly? Yeah, uh, on your, 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 yeah, your the, the children's the Kickstarter book. Actually, yeah, and the Kickstarter actually ended up being fully funded in less than seven hours. Wow. Which was, you know, pretty incredible. Um, yeah, it was, um, it, it was pretty, pretty amazing. Um, I knew that there was a need for this book, and I really you know, felt that, that there was, um, a need for it, but I, the Kickstarter really kind of showed people really showed up for that Kickstarter. It was pretty awesome. Right. And so, so, so talk briefly about it, just, you know, be kind of like we can, you know, j jump in and talk about a wolf named Elvis. Now you were inspired by this, as you said, back in January, 2021 is when you kind of had the idea yep. about the children's book and you will, it just took you a month. You, you wrote the whole manuscript out in, in Feb, by February, correct? Yeah, I, I pretty much had the manuscript set um, by February. I continued to, actually, the way that it developed really from there is I shared it with children. I would share it with my friends' kids, and I would share it with, you know, any, any kids that I could um, to kind of get feedback. Um, but, yeah, the manuscript was, was written pretty fast um and i had my illustrator on board you know by the end of february and, and so yeah and so how did you how were you able to to find because here's the other thing we you know a lot of people that are say hey i got a great children's book i want to tell i want to I, I got a great story to tell and i just got to find an illustrator how how were you able to find that uh to find sydney sydney later correct Sydney Lander, Sydney Lander actually lives in Singapore, so it was an amazing collaboration sort of across across the globe. Um, and the way that I was able to find Sydney was I joined this incredible um, writers group. Jamia Drummond Bay actually has a um, self-publishing course slash writers group. And um, Sydney was actually the illustrator for Jamia's book. Um, so okay. Jamia kind of connected us and thought that, you know, Sydney might be really um, a good fit for this project. So Sydney and I met over Zoom and I told her all about it. She was like, wow, I'm really interested in being involved in this because she saw the need um, for kids and just what they've all have been through, you know, in the past 18 months, socially, emotionally. And she was really excited and she signed on pretty quickly. So I was very lucky in that regard. Okay. So talk to us a bit about the... The, as you said, the inspiration of, of the book of a wolf named Elvis. What's it's a, it's kind of about as you say like self regulation and, and certain things to help children through the through the pandemic. Correct. 
Yeah. So the story is actually based on my six-year-old son. Um, Elvis is based on my son, Trevor, and Mama Wolf is actually based on me. And it, it sort of walks through our story dynamic of us being home together. Um, and, you know, as an educator, my plan had been to go back to school in fall of 2020. Like I was mm. signed on, I had a class list and I was ready to go back and teach. And I sort of knew that I was going to have to show up as a teacher in a way that I never had before because kids were going to be in such a hard place socially, emotionally after being home for so long. And what ended up happening was the school I taught at opened full time and my son's school didn't open at all. They were fully remote. Um, and he was in kindergarten, which is, as mm. you know, such a critical year. Right. So my family was sort of faced with the choice if you want to call it a choice of like so many other parents of um, me having to leave my job. So doing that and sort of watching um, what my son had been through from March, 2020 on, and then going into remote learning and watching what his classmates, cause I was there online with them every day um, and his teachers. And, you know, I'm auntie to all of my friends, many children and kind of hearing what they were going through in the pandemic. I really was, it was on my heart to help kids because I have two decades worth of experience, right? Like I've worked with kids professionally as young as two, all the way up to adolescence. And I wanted to help in some way because I really thought that with my background, my experience, um, I would be able to help. But how do I do that from a basement, right? How do I do that from, you know, this basement kindergarten that I was in? And a book just seemed like something that I could do, you know, something right. tangible that I could create for kids. Um, and the real message behind this book, I think one of the quotes that Mama Wolf has is that all feelings deserve respect. Mm. And I think it's really important to send that message to kids of, you know, you can have big feelings and you can even have negative feelings and they're all valid and they're all okay. Um, but you also can be the master of those. In the book, I call it flipping your own script, right? Like when, you know, in the book, when Elvis is really sad, he plays music and it helps, you know, kind of change his mood. Um, when he's angry, he draws a fierce dragon, um, which is actually behind me here. The dragon in the book is um, my son Trevor's real drawing. Actually, you oh, on the screen there cool. for a second. Um, yeah, and that, that was a true thing that happened when he was, really, really mad one day about not seeing his friends, um, he actually sat down and created that dragon. He's, and so he drew his anger into a fierce dragon. Um, you know, different things like when Elvis is feeling like he's bouncing off the walls of his den, he goes out into nature and he feels free. Um, he chases sunsets, which is something we did during the pandemic. We would actually like, we live near the beach, so like a block from the beach. So we would kind of run down there at sunset um, and just, you know, different ways that you can help get yourself back. Because I think right. we all were having those big feelings, you know. Do you have, so, I'm also extremely impressed, Colleen, that you wrote it in a month. So, did you, and you said you, because you, well, you, were, you were part of, as you're saying, you're part of some, uh, some groups already for some children's writing. So was there pre-pandemic? Because as you said, you've been working as a um, you've been working as a as an educator for over twenty years for 
for children of all ages. You know, he says of all ages and all backgrounds. So have right. you have you been thinking about wanting to write a children's book for a while, but nothing quite clicked? Or do you, you might do you have like a folder someplace with book ideas? I mean, it was one of yeah, it was one of those back burner ideas. And I always, yeah. as a teacher, reading books and telling stories has always been my one of my favorite parts of teaching. And so I would often make up stories on the fly with kids. Um, <laughs> and often because, you know, I, my the last thing I did was to teach pre-K for 12 years, right? And pre-K is like social, emotional, you know, it's like an explosion time for kids, right? So I would often tell kids stories to help them self-regulate like to kind of, you know, bring them back down. And I knew the power in that, um, the power in like a good story to kind of help a kid, you know, get themselves back and self-regulate. So I think, you know, I had sort of the, the dream somewhere in the back of, of writing a book, but it's certainly, you know, I never thought that it would happen. And I certainly didn't think that it would happen start to finish in eight months. Right. Um, and that was something I looked into traditional publishing and as I'm sure you know, that process can take two years. Yeah. And this is such a timely book, right? In two years, this book could be irrelevant. You know what I mean? Or it could be like a time, you know? So, or so we hope anyway. Right. But um, yeah, so I learned that process of self-publishing. And, you know, that was kind of a thing. But when you say the manuscript came together in a month, the story, honestly, I woke up January 10th with that story in my head that story was was almost complete um i just woke up and i was like wow a wolf pup without his pack like that's what we've all been feeling right. you know like how essential is a pack to like a little wolf right. and all of us have been with at that point in isolation and without our packs and i was like right. oh that's so devastating like how could he help himself um, you know, and my son, even though he's a young child, he's very much a creative also. And the arts are really a way that, you know, he was able to help himself, you know? So, and I thought there was a story in that. I thought that would be something that kids could relate to. And this whole idea of finding your own magic, it doesn't have to be the things that Elvis does in the book, you know? And I say that in my letter to kids, like, whatever helps you, whatever is your thing that gets, you know, helps you feel better so yeah it, it came together rather quickly and um if you the, for the people that started following me on social media from the beginning you'll know that um i actually shared that story the day it was born right january 10th with one of my best friends who actually calls me her sister wolf and we found a writing desk in the street no, no joke. Like we, huh. we were going for a walk and like, you know, at this point it's January, the pandemic is like in a terrible way. We're like masked up on a walk outside. And we literally like tripped over this beautiful writing desk in the street with a free sign on it. And she was like, do you have a place to work at home? And I was like, I really don't. And we loaded huh. into her car and I was like, if that's not the universe telling me to write this book, <laughs> Then I don't know what it is, right? That's awesome. So, so you, ha so you have, you know, you know, with that, with that in place, what were some of the things like as a educator for twenty years? What were some of the things you knew right away about how to write a children's book that you didn't have to be taught, for instance? 
Well, you know that you want to sneak in little mini lessons into books, right? You want to make sure that there's like vocabulary in there that's a little tricky, but also like a teachable moment. Moment, Like at one point in the book, um, you know, sports were something that my son used. He learned how to skateboard during the pandemic. Um, you know, he played soccer and baseball and swimming. And I think it, in the book, it says Elvis learned to have perseverance. And that's a word when I read this book to a group of kids, we always like stop and talk about what that means mm. um, to have perseverance. So I think, you know, you want to make sure that you have vocabulary in there and, and te teachable lessons um, and lots of things that kids, you know, takeaways that kids can have. Right. Um, you know, and I also, the style of the book, like, you know, I, I love your podcast. I've been listening to like so many of the cool comic book. My son loves comic books. So I was telling him I was going to talk to you. I was like, I got to go talk to this comic guy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, a few people have made the, the comment that like they think the style and the way we did the dialogue on certain pages is kind of like comic book esque, like reminds them of. So that right. was something that we did on purpose, you know, to try to appeal to that crowd of kids too. Right. Um, you want to have really vivid illustrations, things that are going to catch kids' attention, um, and teachers. I mean, this book is also for adults. You know, I don't think I realized the impact that this book was going to have on adults until I started really sharing it. Um, mm -hmm. I have had adult, grown adults cry reading this story, even before I had illustrations. And wow. I was like, wow, this is impactful for people, right? Um, you know, certain scenes, there's a scene where he's doing remote learning and Elvis is kind of like this and you can see all the different squares and they, you know, one wolf is eating chips. One wolf is not even in his chair. One is turned backwards. One is like a crowd full of wolves, you know, sort of the, the real depiction of online learning, right? Um, and that was for teachers. You know, I'll just be honest. Like that was there for parents and teachers as like comic relief to try to do that. So I tried to put some of that in there too um but you just want to have a good story with things that kids can walk away with and use right away you want kids to be inspired um you know and when i read this book to kids I'll, I'll talk to them about like what's the magic in your back pocket what are your favorite things to do when you're having big feelings um and they they can tell you right there so that was important to me wow and so how much of that then as you mentioned was it that um you know work working with sydney as, for, as an illustrator uh, so what would be your recommendation for folks who are uh who, who are looking for illustrators who would do children's books in the sense that do you did you put a contract in place or how did that agreement happen with that with sydney so we had an initial zoom um mm -hmm. and you know, for me, the illustrator was so important because the characters were not just based on like me and my son, but every wolf in the pack mm. um, is based on different children in my life. And I wanted them to resemble the kids and have that diversity. You know, one wolf has glasses and things like that. Um, so because it was based on a real story, that was really important to me. So I wanted to see, I had seen her work, which I loved. Um, but she drew me like a prototype of Elvis before we were in contract, right. uh, which is super helpful if you can get an illustrator to do that. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, what do I do to get her to sign 
I knew that she really saw the vision and I had sent her a ton of photos of my son. Um, and she really turned him into a wolf. It was, it was incredible. Um, so yeah, so I, I saw that I knew I wanted to work with her. I knew her previous work. I owned, um, you know, Jamia Drummond Bay's book, as I said already. And I knew that, you know, she brings a lot of magic and kind of whimsy into what she does. Um, Sydney. And so it was just, it was a really good fit for this book. So after that initial zoom, we met again. And then we sort of went over um, a contract line by line, something that we could agree on. Um, and that, that's how we worked it out. And this is my first book. So I don't know how other people do or if it, if it has, you know, more than that. But we were we were both really wanting to do this project together. So that helped. Um, that helped us kind of get on the same page and form a contract rather quickly. So how what? And the other, I guess the other question too for for folks that what would would be curious to ask is, uh, how did you create that initial that buzz? As you said, if it was fully funded in seven hours, how was how did you do that from? Because uh, you said this is your first Kickstarter, you're not a stranger to Kickstarter. You you backed Kickstarters before, so you knew what you knew what to expect, or or you knew your way around the site. But how did you? Right. Uh, how do you how did you get all those? Um, uh, that, 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 that quick funding right there. So I don't think this is a traditional way that people do it, <laughs> but, um, I actually, I, I started from real scratch. And when I say that, I mean, I didn't have social media accounts before June of 2020 or 2021. I didn't even have a pub. I had nothing. I had like a little private Facebook for my son's school. And I had like a small private Instagram with like, barely any people on it. Yeah. So I was like, I need to start literally from scratch. Right. Um, and you know, it was going to have to be like a grassroots effort of in-person and, you know, and we're in a pandemic. So I started my social media accounts and as soon as I had illustrations, and I mean like the minute I had illustrations, not even a finished book, but I would say about halfway through my illustrations, I put together a binder, like le like legit a binder, just a three ring binder of the book and the, the pages that weren't illustrated yet, I stuck the storyboard image in and I, you know, had put the dialogue in or whatever. I started sharing that binder anywhere I went. And actually my son was the one who started this. He'd be like, mom, you gotta bring, you gotta bring the book to soccer practice. You gotta bring the book to baseball. You have to bring the book, you know, and no joke that, binder went with us to the dentist it went with us like anywhere you could think of and you would see the people's interest in it and i really saw how like it would hit people um and then in the moment i would grab their social media you know yeah. we would have this like connection and you know that somebody would be a teacher or somebody would be a school librarian randomly or someone you know the barista would be a children's lit major you know and i would just <laughs> grab, I'd be like, Hey, are you on Facebook? Are you on, you know, Instagram? And in those moments I would, you know, get a following and I would say, Hey, I'm doing a Kickstarter in a couple months, you know, follow along, whatever. So, which is not the way that people usually people have social media for years and whatever. And because I never had social media, people were finding me 
you know, people from high school, people from 20 years ago were, were like, hey, what, where have you, you know, you've been digitally off the map, right? So I thought it would hurt me. I think it worked in my favor, right? Because people were reconnecting with me and suddenly like, well, oh, you wrote a book? Like, let me see. And they all have kids now, right? Right. So that was kind of the start of it. And then right before the Kickstarter, um, there was this little pocket of time in July where the pandemic was looking better. You remember this time where like masks yeah. were starting to sort of fade and it was like looking good for a minute, just a minute. Yeah. Um, my family just decided let's like go on a little mini tour, even though I don't even have a book. I still had a binder, right? Let's go on a family vacation that will also be like an Elvis hype tour, right? So no joke, we we flew to Memphis and took Elvis to Graceland. <laughs> we, we went we went to Graceland. Um, and you know what a perfect place to have a book called The Wolf Named Elvis, right? Like people stuck in line where like kids were reading it and their parents were hyped. And in the moment, I would get their social media. Um, and we did this again in Nashville. We did this. Um, we went to Charlotte. Like so, we flew out, but then we drove back. And every stop along the way, you know, I would just pop up in a park and read to a group of kids. And at this point in the pandemic, parents were like, listen, you lady, you want to read to my kid for 10 minutes? Like, sure. sure. You know, so I was much more well received than I expected to be. Um, and yeah, we shared it that whole trip. That was like right before the campaign kicked off. Right. Um, which was awesome. There were like some, we were at Sun Studios in Memphis and um, Mark Edward Stewart, this musician there was like all about it. And he, he was like, I'll share this. So we had people like that, that had like, you know, much more of a following than I had. And you know, what do I have? You know, however many, a hundred something on Instagram and then like 500 on Facebook, but those are like people I know, right? But these people that did have a following um, were willing to share. So that helped me tremendously. And that was, yeah, not a traditional way. I don't think people usually drag a binder around their whole life um, to, to do that. But that that's really how it happened with, with this. And so so talk to us a bit about when you when you when you made the Kickstarter. You have some uh, what were some of your inspirations on your pledge levels that you created? Well, I, you know, I sort of I had been working with um, another friend of mine who was in the same position, who was a mom at home with two remote learners who had to leave her job and was unemployed. Actually, the same month we had to leave our jobs. This is one of my best friends forever. Um, she started a small business. So, you know, offering to do vinyl stickers and T-shirts and hoodies. Um, oh, cool. So I knew I would have those things. And... You know, they do say for your first Kickstarter not to have so many tiers. Um, I know I kind of went against that. I did. I did want to give um, you know lots of options to people, and right. you know, luckily I've had some people in the writers group that were really good um, business people, and they sort of kind of advised me and sat down and did that together. Um, but you know, this is the first time I'd ever done. This is the first time I, I had ever built one. Um, besides having help with the video from my friend who runs um, a video production company, I was like, I did all this myself. You know, this was me on a, in a weekend. You know, kind of putting together all the graphics and stuff like that. Right. 
because what I, what I find interesting is that you have on here the ability to give a book away. So people lots, have those tears. Yeah. Lots of that. And yeah. I ended up, you know, I, I'm trying to think it was over, it was over a hundred books, if, if not more, um, being donated. I want to say wow. way more than that. I don't know. But, and my thing was with this book, it's such an important message that I wanted to get this book in the hands of foster kids. I wanted this book to be in classrooms. I wanted this book to be at children's hospitals. Um, you know, my son has a pulmonologist cause he has asthma and you know, we visit our children's hospital, you know, frequently because of that. And I wanted to give back in that space too. And really, honestly, people really get in the giving spirit. I know that's something that happens with me. And I was like, if it's an option to give books, especially this book, that sets out to help kids, you know, process their feelings. Um, I really thought people would be willing to step up and they did in a major right. way, in a major way. And even people that didn't pick, um, you know, donations, you they had an option to add one. I would say 90 something percent of my backers added or did a donation, almost wow. everybody. Wow, that's amazing. And then, that, but the other thing too is like, so, you know, just some like some what would be some good Kickstarter tips you would give to someone who's thinking about launching a children's book Kickstarter? You know, give yourself time to to build relationships around your book. Um, you know, yes, your your friends and your family and your colleagues and people like that um, are likely going to support you. Um, but one of the biggest things for me was really building those relationships around the book. Um, and having people really believe in it. Mm -hmm. And they believed in the story and they believed in the message and they were ready, you know, to back. Um, there is something that I did that typically um, people don't do when, for a launch. Um, the typical launch times for Kickstarters are 8 a.m., 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. from what mm -hmm. my research told me. And I was really inspired um, by one of my best friends who's a single mom of three who, you know, her time is 6 a.m. in the morning. And if you don't catch her at 6 a.m., you might not catch her again until 9 p.m., right? <laughs> and I was thinking about um, the working moms, and I was thinking about, like, this population, right? And I was like, they all are my best friends, and they all want to come, you know, early and support and be there right at the beginning of the Kickstarter. Well, if I launch at 8, that's a terrible time. If mm -hmm. I launch at 10, that's a terrible time. Right. So inspired by that, I said, I'm going to do something nobody does, and I'm going to launch at 6 a.m. Now, it turned into this thing, Barney, right? It turned into this thing where all the moms, like, kind of were like, oh, we're going to do, we're going to come in early. We're all going to, like, and then it spread beyond that, and people were like, I'm going to set my alarm. It's, it's, it's Kickstarter day. Like, we're going to, we're going to do this. And it was, like, people that were already planning to back. Right. They were like, let's see what I can do. So I, you know, and then everyone was kind of encouraging each other to come in between 6 and 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. And I believe by 8 a.m. I was like 50 or 54 <laughs> percent. It, awesome. it was, it was, it, it was honestly, it was wild. It was wild. And I was just like watching it happen. And I was like, wow, like the power in that. Right. Right. <laughs> and I'm like. 
you know, I'm sitting there and I'm laughing. I'm talking to my friend that inspired me to do this. And I was like, thank you. Like, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And then it just went and it was like by lunchtime before 1 PM, we were, we were funded. Yeah. Um, and it, it was, you know, I wasn't expecting that right. for sure. You know, I, I did really believe that I would get the funding. Right. Um, but I did not, I didn't expect that was a very pleasant surprise. Right. And do you, how did you do? So, you know, you may have somebody say, Hey, I got something made. I got everything here. How did you put it together? Now I'll just talk about the logistics of it. So where'd you, how'd you find the printer? What, what did you have a, like a, a program like InDesign or something like that? How did you create the book itself? Um, well, a lot of the formatting, Sydney, um, did a lot of the formatting that was in okay, our cool. contract, like towards the okay. end, like the formatting yeah. of the book. Um, and my printer, I actually found through, um, one of the Facebook groups, children's authors groups. Um, right. you yeah. know, we all sort of learn from each other and watch, you know, each other's Kickstarters and programs and things. And I had noticed, um, that someone had gotten their books very fast. And I was wondering, like, how did that happen? Because a lot of people um, order from China and overseas. And that was something that I, I looked at. I actually had a printer in China that I was talking right. to. Um, but when COVID kind of took a turn again, right. it was looking like I wasn't going to have books until, you know, November. And this was, that was, I really wanted back to school. Um, right. I really wanted to be able to support kids, you know. And everything I had done leading up to then I had hoped to have these books for like September, October. Um, so they're here. All thousand books are here. I actually, I posted a reel today showing the arrival of the, of the thousand books. It was a, a, a riot. Um, but yeah, so I found a printer in the U.S. who has a pretty quick turnaround. And I was able to, to do that. Um, yeah. So. That's and so, so you, you know, I saw it. Yeah, I saw your, your reel you put on there, like the coming on pallets and all that kind of fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then, like you said, your, 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 your friend helped you with like the, the, the stickers and the bookmarks and the, and, um, and the, and the shirts and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. 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 So for the most part, I mean, I ordered, you know, bookmarks from a different company and, and things like that, but, um, you know, that was, and I was so happy to be able to involve her and support her too. And, you know, I think, especially in this pandemic, the parents who had to make the choice to leave jobs. I mean, I've never, I've never been unemployed in my adult life. You know what I mean? And it right. was a huge change right. um, for so many of us. And so for, to be home as mothers and, you know, to start up our, have our own startups and small business and you know it was awesome to be able to work with her and support her in that right no so so i so i so i have to ask you colleen i mean you you created a publishing company you know mama wolf right so yeah. let me so you you must be having another book you have you must be having some more ideas of coming together now right I, you know i have a sequel outline yeah and honestly i have like spin-off ideas for each wolf because right. as I said the whole pack is based on kids in my life so like it kind of um and in different ways for them to help kids socially emotionally right. to kind of stay in that vein but um yeah I mean you know books need funding 
And, and so this was a huge lesson in how to make all of that happen. So right. stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and so Kizia, that was my other question. So you're, are you, are you kind of sticking with like a, like a theme of it's, it's going to kind of fall, like you said, like, uh, um, you know, the, the wolf stories or is there other animals involved or how would that? I mean, I think the core stories that are, that are, I've sort of planned out are in the pack. Okay. Um, you know, and kind of, I, yeah, I don't want to get too much into it, but like, you know, a little bit of like the fallout of being back together. Right. right. Because th there was this whole isolation and how we dealt with that. But now that we're like back to school and now that like people are back together, um, right. you know, I think there's a different sort of need there. Um, you know, so that's, one idea that I have and, and different backstories on some of the other kids to help, you know, kids socially, emotionally in different ways. Right. Um, and you, and you did mention too, I think that, that you, that you, that you, that you got input with kids along the way as you're writing this. Is yeah. That, how, how important do you feel that is as, as a children's book author to kind of beta read these to, to children ahead of time before they get published? Um, for, from me, who comes from an educator perspective, yeah. for me it was clutch. Like I wanted, I wanted the kids to have their voice in there. I wanted them to, you know, this, this is for them. This was really, you know, this book was a labor of love, and I wanted to make sure I was showing up for them in the way that they needed, right? Yeah. So I, you know, even just having conversations about like, you know, how does it feel? How does this feel? to be away from your friends? How does it feel to have to go to school on the computer? And how does it, you know, and just really listening to them and then sharing the story and seeing what parts really hit them and right. what parts could use some work. Right. Um, to me, I think the kid, it's, it's really important. Right. It's almost like, as you're saying, it's like you're talking with them, not talking down to them through the book as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, one, I tried to have the Mama Wolf character really be someone who saw kids and made them feel seen and heard and been like, listen, I see that you're going through this big thing. Like, I, and, and it's okay that you are, but you also have the power to change it within you. Right. You know, so kind of to empower kids and give them that, like, yes, it's okay to have big feelings, um, but what can we do with it? And how right. can you flip your script? Right. Um, and what does it feel like when you've done that, you know? Right. Yeah. And so, and, and so, you know, you know, with that said, have you seen, um, you know, are there, as you you're looking at us through some of your like, you know, therapist friends or other educator friends, uh, have, what has their response been to, to this and have they been able to, um, also kind of give you some, uh, you know, some points where they would, that as an, as I say, so what was my question here? So. I'll edit this part in post. <laughs> so what were some of your, what were some of the other lessons you wish that you were able to read to, uh, to children as an educator that, that you, you've been wanting to, to put on paper as well? Uh, with it, that I feel like I did with this book. Uh, yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, you know, a big one is, I think you often hear adults say to children, like, you know, stop it, like, stop crying, right? Like, so, you know, 
buck up, like get, you know, get, you're fine. You're okay. You're fine. You know? And I think that's really not a healthy message to send kids because what does that create? That creates people who shove their emotions. Right. And you know, that's going to turn into adults who are, who are shoving their mo who think it's not okay to be sad or be angry or be frustrated or, you know, feel, you know, lost in the moment or those, those things. And I think it's important that we validate those feelings for kids as the adult in the picture. Is it difficult to deal with kids in those moments? Absolutely. You know, like it's very frustrating and it's much easier for us to be like, stop it, stop crying, you know, but I think there's, there's a better way and there's a, a healthier way that we can go about it. And, and that was the message I really wanted to put in this book. Um, but not to leave the adults hanging in, you know, that way and empower kids so that, yes, it's okay to feel this way, but you can take control of it. You know, what, what are the things that you can do to flip your own script? Do you need to go play some music? Do you need to do some art? You need to go out into, you know, run free in nature. You need to read a book. Um, my son, he learned how to read during the pandemic. And I had like this kind of awesome gift of getting to teach him how to read, which, you know, is not something a parent usually, you know, gets to do. And it was in the spring um, when we were first in lockdown. And he just took off with reading. You know, he's in first grade. He reads at a much higher level. And he, books were a huge escape. And there's a line in the book, you know, he, books, he could go anywhere, like books helped him go anywhere, right, in his mind. Um, so, you know, giving kids like tools and resources um, for when they have those big feelings, but letting them know and letting adults know that it's it's really okay to, to acknowledge and validate kids having those feelings, because we all have them. You know, it's not something that you, you grow up and you don't have these, you know, big, heavy feelings. The way that I describe it in the book is a backpack of boulders, right? Which is that how I think we all felt during this pandemic, like really heavy and weighed down. Um, and just helping kids unpack that. Like, how do you unpack that backpack of boulders um, and help yourself? And if you learn that as a young child, and that's something that you carry with, I think it it leads to much more health, you know, healthy adults and mental health awareness. Exactly. I mean, it's like, mental health i mean if there's anything anything that we can we can glean from from this these last 18 months is that we're that uh mental health and wellness is important for everyone i mean removing the stigma of of you know talking about you know these therapeutic options and and, and talking about as you say self-regulation and, and all these skills um it's it's kind of opened it up uh, it's kind of opened it up a bit and then in your book is a perfect example of being able to talk about that stuff is as you said there feel your feelings like it's you know you know not to disparage the books that talk about you know the children's book they talk about you know you know how to ride a school bus or or like you know like your 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 four food groups i mean those are important too but it's like the lasting relationships that somebody has with their own you know with with, with their own self-regulation is extremely important yeah yeah it's you know, it's a big takeaway. And yeah. I, it's a message that I think we all can, and I think that's why the story hit adults. You know, I think they just, cause we all need a little bit of that right now. Yeah. Like what are the things that helped pull us out of this? You right. know, since there's a mental health 
pandemic within the pan, you know? So I think, yeah, just getting, just getting it on the table and getting, and I found when I started sharing that binder um, with kids at, I think one of the first places I was at baseball practice and I wasn't reading to the baseball players. My son was off playing baseball, but there are these little siblings who were around and, you know, I said to the parents, do you mind? And they were like, Oh, please take them. So I was reading to them and it was incredible. And they were young, you know, I'd say five, four, the things that it was evoking them to talk about is they were like, Oh, I remember when I was alone, like I I couldn't see my friends. I was at my grandma's and just like all these things. And honestly, it was like they were waiting for someone to say, it's okay to talk about it. You know, (laughs) you just live through it. And I think adults, especially with something as big as a pandemic, we want to move on from it, right? Like we want to be done with it. We don't want to ever talk about it again. We want to rehash it. No one wants to relive it. Um, But kids are different. And, yeah. and I think kids are kind of left looking around like, what just happened? Like, you know, can we talk about this? Like, I just went to school in the basement for a year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a, a an answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. So thank you very much, Colleen. So so we're, we're at the top of our hour. So um, listen, come back on when you when you want to talk about the next, you know, Mama Wolf Publishing uh, book when it comes yeah out. Ab- absolutely and the books are now um for sale on my website which is www.wolfnamedelvis.com right so yeah. yes you now can at the top of that way yeah there you go you can purchase books because i've had a few people even message me today when they saw the books were here they're like i missed the kickstarter and I'm like, don't worry <laughs> and twenty dollars that's an incredible that is a that is a Perfect price. I mean, you, that's a that's a great price for a, for a children's book. Yeah, yeah. You know, with with self publishing, especially, um, you know, you're you're really selling a, a piece of art that people really weren't, you know. That... Right. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Well, like I said once again, congratulations, Colleen. Um, Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, uh, look forward to to talking to you again. Yeah.